Krishna, we are reading chapter uh, nine, 9, text number 11. Hare Krishna, Mataji, please take. Hare Krishna, Prabhuji, please take over the call now. Hare Krishna, thank you, Mataji. Uh, thank you, Prabhuji, for the uh, now introduction to the call. Uh, last time we had read chapter 9, verses 8 and uh, Sorry, 9 and 10, and now we are going to go through verse 11. Uh, but before we go through that, we will go, uh, read our Mangalasaran prayers first. Thereafter, Haladar Das Prabhu will guide us as to how to uh, chant that particular shloka. Then we will read through the uh, word for word translation, the translation of the verse, and then the purport. The purport is a long one, there are eight paragraphs. There are few of us, so perhaps. Uh, we would be able to read through, uh, say, two paragraphs each. So let's see. Uh, we'll start with the Mangalacharan prayers. <clears throat> Om Agnyana Tivirandasya Gyananjana Shulakaya Chakshurun Militam Yena Tasmai Shri Gurve Namaha Shri Chaitanya Mano Vishtam Stapitam Yena Bhutali Swayam Rupa Kadamayam Dadati Swapadantikam Vandeham Shri Guru Shri Yutapadakamalam Shri Gurun Vaishnavamscha Shri Rupam Sagrajatam Sahagana Raghunathan Vitam Tam Sajivam Sadvaitam Savadhutam Parijana Sahitam Krishna Chaitanya Devam Shri Radha Krishna Padan Sahagana Lalita Shri Vishakhan Vitamscha He Krishna Karuna Sindhu Dinabandhu Jagatpati Gopesha Gopika Kanta Radha Kanta Namostuti Tapta Kanchan Gaurangi Radhi Vrindavaneshwari Prishvanusuti Devi Pranamami Hari Priye Vanchakalpatarubhyascha Kripa Sindhubhyevacha Patitanam Pavnebhyo Vaishnavebhyo Namo Namaha Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Shri Advait Gadadhar Shivasadhi Gaur Bhaktavrindu Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Ram Rama, Hare Hare. Hare Om Tatsat. Haladar Das Prabhu, would you please guide us to, you know, how to chant this shloka? Hare Krishna Prabhu, sure, sure. Thank you. Dhanyavad for giving me an opportunity to serve you all. Please accept my humble obeisances. All glories to our Guru Maharaj Prabhupada <clears throat> and my <clears throat> and all assembled devotees here. So, so we'll be reciting 9.11, which is on page number 389 on English Bhagavad Gita. The wordings are Avajananti Mamuda. Manusim, Manusim Tanum Ashritam, Param Bhavam Ajananto Mama Bhuta Maheshwaram. So I'll, I'll sing it like this. Very simple verse. Avajananti Mamura Manusim Tanum Ashritam. Param Bhavam Ajananto Mama Bhuta Maheshwaram Hare Krishna Prabhu Hare Krishna Please try it now.
हरे कृष्णा हर्षिता जी के Okay, we will do word for word translation then. Avjananti, deride, mom, me, Buddha, foolish men, Manushim, in a human form, Tanum, a body, Ashritam, assuming, Param, transcendental, Bhavam, nature, Ajanantaha, not knowing, Mom, my, Bhuta, of everything that be, Maha Ishwaram, the supreme proprietor fools deride me when i descend in the human form they do not know my transcendental nature as the supreme lord of all that be hari krishna so uh, starting with haladar uh, das prabhu and in the order of the recitation of the verse uh, let's go through uh, the purport uh, maybe two uh, two paragraphs at a time by each devotee hari krishna Purported by His Divine Grace Prabhupada, from the other explanations of the previous verse in this chapter, it is clear that Supreme Personality of Godhead, uh, Godhead, although appearing like a, a, a human being, is not a common man. the personality of godhead who conduct the creations maintenance and inhalations of the complete cosmic 
manifestations cannot be a human being. Yet there are many foolish men who consider Krishna to be merely a powerful man and nothing more. Actually, he is the original Supreme Personality as is confirmed in the Brahma Samhita, Iswara Paramam Krishna. He is the Supreme Lord. There are many Ishwaras, uh, controllers, and one appears greater than another. In the ordinary management of the affair in the material world, we find some officials or directors, and above him there are secretaries, and above him uh, a... Minister, and above him a president. Each of them is controller, but one is uh, but one is controller by another. In the Brahma Sahita, it is said that Krishna is the supreme controller. There are many controllers, undoubted, undoubtedly, both in the material and the spiritual world. But Krishna is the supreme controller. Iswara Paramakrishna and his body is Satchidanan, uh, non-material. Hare Krishna Prabhu. Hare Krishna. Material bodies cannot perform the wonderful acts described in previous verses. His body is eternal, blissful and full of knowledge. Although he is not a common man, the foolish deride him and consider him to be a man. His body is ca called here Manush, Manushim, Manushim, because he is acting like, just like a man, a friend of Arjuna's, a politician involved in the battle of Kurukshetra. In so many ways, he is acting just like an ordinary man, but actually his body is Satchidananda Vigraha, eternal bliss and knowledge absolute. This is confirmed in Vedic language also. Sachidananda Rupaya Krishnayaha. I offer my obeisances unto the Supreme Personality of Godhead Krishna, who is the eternal blissful form of knowledge. Gopala Tapani Upanishad 1.1. There are other descriptions in the Vedic language also. Tamekam Govindam. You are Govinda, the pleasure of the senses and the cows. Satchidananda Vigrahamaha. And your form is transcendental, full of knowledge, bliss, and eternity. That is from Gopala Tapani Upanishad 1.35. Despite the transcendental qualities of Lord Krishna's body, uh, its full bliss and knowledge, there are many so called scholars and commentators of Bhagavad Gita who deride Krishna as the ordinary man. The scholar may be born, and born an extraordinary man due to his previous good work, but this conception of Sri Krishna is due to a poor fund of knowledge. Therefore, he is called Mudha. For only foolish people, foolish persons consider Krishna to be an ordinary human being. The foolish consider Krishna an ordinary human being because they do not know the confidential activities of the Supreme Personality, Supreme Lord, and His um, different energies. 
They do not know that Krishna's body is a symbol of complete knowledge and bliss, that he is the proprietor of everything that be and that he was he can award liberation to anyone because they do not know that Krishna has so many transcendental qualifications they deride him. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Can, yeah, can go ahead, go you ahead, hear go ahead. me? Sorry, Nor do they know the know that the appearance of Supreme Personality of Godhead in this material world is a manifestation of His internal energy. He is the master of material energy. As he has, as has been explained in several places, Mama Maya Durataya, he claims that the material energy, although very powerful, is under his control and whoever surrenders unto him can get out of the control of this material energy. If a soul surrendered to Krishna can get out of influence of material energy, then how can the Supreme Lord, who conducts the creation, maintenance and inhalation of the whole cosmic nature, have a material body like us? <clears throat> so this conception of Krishna is complete foolishness. Foolish persons, however, cannot conceive that the personality of Godhead Krishna Appearing just like an ordinary man can be the control of all the atoms of, of the gigantic manifest, manifestation of universal form. The biggest and the minest are beyond their conception. So they cannot imagine that a form like that of human being can simultaneously, simultaneously control the infinite and the minute. Actually, although... He is controlling the infinite and finite. He is apart from all this manifestation. He is apart from all this manifestation. It is clearly stated concerning his yogam, Aishwaram, he inconceiv his inconceivable transcendental energy that he can control the infinite and the finite simultaneously and that he can remain aloof from them. Although the foolish cannot imagine how Krishna, who appeared just like a human being, can control the infinite and the finite. Those who are pure devotees accept this, for they know that Krishna is the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Therefore, they completely surrender unto Him and engage in Krishna Consciousness, devotional service of the Lord. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna, there are many controversies between the impersonalists and the personalists about the Lord's appearance as a human being. But if we consult the Bhagavad Gita and Srimad Bhagavatam, the authoritative text for understanding the science of Krishna, then we can understand that Krishna is a supreme personality of Godhead. He is not an ordinary man. Although he appeared on this earth as an ordinary human, in the Srimad Bhagavatam, first canto, first chapter, when the sages headed by Shavnaka Rishi inquired about the activities of Krishna, they said, Vittvan kela karmani saharame na keshava imarsyani bhagavan kura kapatamanisha. Lord Shri Krishna, supreme personality of Godhead, along with Balarama, lived like a human being and so must he perform many superhuman acts. Uh, Bhagavatam 1.1.20 
The Lord appears as a man bewilders the foolish. No human being could perform the wonderful acts that Krishna performed while he was present on this earth. When Krishna appeared before his father and mother, Vasudeva and Devaki, he appeared with four hands, but after the prayers of his parents, he transferred himself into an ordinary child. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna, Vishita's reading. Um, as stated in the Bhagavatam 10.3.46, Baba Bhuma Prakriti Prakritaha Shishu He became just like an ordinary child, an ordinary human being. Now, here again, it is indicated that the Lord's appearance as an ordinary being, a human being, is one of the features of his transcendental body. Went to see uh, Krishna, Krishna's form of four hands. Tenaima Rupena Chatur Bhujena. After revealing this form, Krishna then pe- uh, petitions by petition by Arjuna against his Those who are der- who derive Krishna and who are infected with the Mayavadi philosophy quote the following verse from Sh- Mayavadi philosophy quote the following verse verse from Srimad Bhagavatam 3.29.21 to prove that Krishna is just an ordinary man. Am Sarveshu Bhuteshu Bhutatma Vashishta Sada the Supreme The Supreme is present in every living entity. We should better take note of this particular verse from the Vaishnava Acharyas, like Jiva Goswami and Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur. Instead of following in the uh, interpretation of unauthorized person who derived Krishna, Jiva Goswami commented on this verse, saying that Krishna, in his plenary Plenary expansion as Paramatma is situated in the moving and non-moving entities as the super soul. So, any non-neophyte devotee who simply gives his attention to the Archa Murti, the form of the Supreme Lord in the temple, and does not respect other living entity, is uselessly worshipping the form of the Lord in the temple. There are Hare Krishna? Uh, yeah, yeah, Mataji, go ahead. I, we, uh, we heard you till the point uh, where you were going to start the sentence, there are. Yes. There are three kinds, uh, there are three kinds of devotees of the Lord. And the neophyte is the, te- in, uh, neophyte is in the lowest, lowest stage. The neophyte devotee gives more attention to the deity, the temple, than to other devotees. So Vishwana Chakravarti Thakur wants that this sort of mentality should be corrected. Devotee should, uh, should see that because Krishna is present in everyone's heart as Paramatma, everybody of, uh, everybody uh, is the embo- uh, embodiment of uh, the temple of the Supreme Lord. So as one offers respect uh, to the temple of the Lord, he should similarly properly respect each and every body with, uh, in the Supreme 
poem which in which the Supreme Paramatma dwells. Everyone should therefore be given proper respect and should not be neglected. There are so many, and there are so, uh, also many impersonalists who deny temple worship. They say that since God is everywhere, why should one restrict uh, himself to temple worship? But God is everywhere. Is, is he not in the temple or in the deity? Although the personalists and, imperson and the impersonalists will fight with one another uh, uh, perpetually, a perfect devotee in Krishna consciousness knows that although uh, Krishna is the Supreme Personality, he is all-pervading, as confirmed in the Brahma Samhita. Although his personal abode is Golugrindavan, and he is always staying there, by his different manifestations of energy and by his plenary expansion, he is present everywhere in all parts of the material and spiritual creation. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. So it was a long purport. Uh, this is one of the many uh, you know, important verses in Bhagavad Gita. Prabhupada has uh, quoted this verse several times. And it is important because it makes a distinction between what is a Buddha and what is an, who is an intelligent person. Uh, but before I begin, let me uh, just quickly offer some additional prayers. Yeah, so <clears throat> the reason this verse is uh, significant is because Today, if we look around us and look within us, we will find that, you know, so many of the things that Prabhupada has talked about in this verse are seen outside and then also inside of us. Uh, so, you know, there is no direct black and white, but there are lots of shades of gray in between. And we all fall somewhere within this spectrum. Only a pure devotee of the Lord is outside of this, uh, you know, this continuum from a mudha to an intelligent person. A pure devotee is actually even beyond the intelligent. So, we have to understand what is a mudha and what is the definition Prabhupada uses for a mudha. So, Prabhupada says, <coughs> a mudha is a person who does not understand Krishna. So by def and then he immediately says, and uh, in who is intelligent? A person who can understand Krishna. So this is from his lecture in California uh, while he was here present in his human body form. Uh, so I am quoting from his lecture as such. So let's look at it. You know, there will be an argument or there may be an argument as to why, we, <coughs> you know, uh, when we look around, we find that there are, uh, you know, uh, teachers, there are graduates, there are postgraduates, there are doctorates, there are philosophers, there are doctors, engineers, scientists. These scientists have gone uh, through mechanical means to various planets. So, is it that they are all unintelligent? Uh, so, you know, <clears throat> why is it that the word mudha is used, and why Prabhupada then? Uh, actually says that if you don't know Krishna, you are a mudar. And if you know Krishna, you are intelligent. Why? 
how that statement is true in the context of what we can look around in this world how can we justify that statement we have to really understand this because when we are under when we understand this ninth chapter our understanding and our love for god should be at a much higher state before when we started reading the ninth chapter that is the purpose of the ninth chapter krishna is saying this is the most confidential knowledge so we have to put our hearts and minds into it and really figure out what is being said in this so today people say okay what is the uh, parameter for intelligence so people used to look at intelligence quotient uh, you know how many problems you can solve uh, then they said oh that's not important then there is emotional quotient and then people started measuring whether you are able to manage your own emotions properly then there is awareness quotient that people are now talking about so these parameters for material intelligence and measure of material intelligence will keep changing similarly the other parameter of material intelligence is you know how educated you are but <clears throat> you know whether uh, you know and from that point of view we can look at whether a student is in school whether he is in college his post you know beyond the college he is still pursuing knowledge all of that so th- there are again various degrees of this changing parameters through which we understand uh, you know what knowledge a person has gained in this material world but then most of the society ignores that knowledge and then thinks that the intelligent person is one who can actually earn money or at least uh, and it is still uh, the lord's mercy that some portion of the population may not necessarily go towards the money aspect of things but they may then think oh this person can quote so many things he can talk about so many things he and he can Uh, philosophize about so many things so he must be intelligent so these are the various definitions of what material intelligence is <clears throat> but why is it that we are now calling them mudhas because and in previously in bhagavad gita krishna said that they are ritagnana their intelligence has been hijacked or it's stolen so why does he, why why do we say that because as per our vedic uh, literature as per our uh, you know sanskriti athato uh, brahma jignasa that if you are in human form and this is the time when you need to start to think about who are we why are we here and what is all this around me and if you are not making that kind of progression when you are in human form of life then you are not really an intelligent person you are not that cultured person you are not that sanskrit person so that is the point the moment you start to think from a bodily perspective the material perspective all these other parameters that i talked about may become valid because you are in that materialistic conception of life but the moment you turn internally towards our own internal nature our true nature <clears throat> the moment we recognize that we are souls now the soul 
does not have a body it cannot be killed it doesn't take birth it is an eternal thing so from an eternity perspective if you know think of trillions and trillions of years of life and even beyond what difference does it make whether i read one book when i am here on this small speck of earth in this vast universe and whether i understand that book or hundreds of books whether i in that small 100 years of life make a million dollars or 100 million dollars because my soul will continue after i die and it will continue in its journey so the intelligent person actually looks at his own journey of the soul and sees how to progress it further how to take it further where is its destination where is that eternity going how is that soul going to get fulfillment because it is going to be eternal so there has to be something more eternal in which to engage so that is why prabhupada and krishna uses the word mudha because when we get distracted to these small frivolous things we become mudha and when we come back to krishna at that time we are intelligent <clears throat> now krishna has been accepted by various authorities as uh, the supreme personality of godhead the vedas say so and uh, even <coughs> not only the vaishnava acharyas but also the mayavadi acharyas acknowledge that krishna is the supreme personality of godhead the supermost of the mayavadi philosopher shankaracharya has said multiple times you know he says sa bhagwan devkinandana so he says the the bhagwan the supremely opulent who has everything is devkinandana so he is actually clarifying that there is a bhagwan the bhagwan can come in human form and when he comes in that human form he is devkinandana so how clear can shankaracharya be and yet his followers and his proponents will somehow say that oh krishna when he is in the human form uh, you know he is uh, either like a human or we are all like krishna and the moment we give up our body we become one with god so this is that misinterpretation this is that ritagnana similarly Uh, shankaracharya has also said you know he has that famous 32 couplet uh, uh, song he says bhajagovindam bhajagovindam and there also he is saying the same thing bhajagovindam uh, govindam bhaja mudamate so again the word mudha has come there so <coughs> if we are able to uh, you know <coughs> understand the eternity of the soul and thus the eternity of everything around us including the matter that has made this material nature eternity of every other soul that is also in you know uh, present in this matter and interacting with us like you know the other humans other uh, animal forms other plant forms other living forms then we will start to understand what krishna is who we are and then that is the beginning that is the small light of intelligence that has started to come into us but the fools will reject it so whether it is in the vedas whether it is with the acharyas they will still reject it you know so it's like 
uh, very crude example but when galileo was saying that uh, you know uh, or when say copernicus was saying the earth is uh, round then fools uh, derided him uh, when you know whether you show it with practical examples still fools will deride him and that kind of uh, thing happens because they are all totally under the material nature and material nature is very strong it uh, you know in some sense because we wanted to act like krishna material nature keeps giving boost to that uh, false ego that we have that this belongs to me i can do this i can think this and therefore in some sense even that wrong thinking is propelled and magnified by material nature so the fools keep deriding uh, krishna and <clears throat> they do not think whether their logic is actually valid or not so krishna is seen as nitya nityanam he is the eternal amongst the eternal yet people will either not recognize him as uh, god or he will say that oh he is in human form and he still has to die like a human being they ignore that he is sachidanand vigraha similarly he is chetana chetanana he is more intelligent amongst the intelligence uh, intelligent people he is the most intelligent so if you start to think about it what lasts the most what is the most intelligent so you will find if you start looking around ourselves you will always find someone is more intelligent and then there is another person who is more intelligent and in that sequence also if you keep going you will find that ultimately it is krishna who is the most intelligent i mean brahma who created this entire universe was bewildered at the time of creation or when he got up from his sleep and also when krishna was here he was bewildered by krishna's uh, leelas so the person who has actually created this whole universe if he can get bewildered what is our position and then to think that what i think is right and this is how it must be how stupid that thing is but yet people will keep going and thinking about it that way krishna said matta parataram nanyat he has so many places he is so you know uh, describing himself aham sarvasya prabhava matta sarvam pravartate he he said i am the upadrashta i am the anumanta i look at you know i am uh, overseer and i am the permitter i create i maintain i destroy and yet people will have various concepts and will just quickly go through the different types of arguments foolish people will put forward but the ultimate test for the intelligent person is if we can be at the level of god or if when we say that we are, you know there is no god uh if these kind of arguments come up the ultimate test is who is the maintainer and who is the maintained if we depend on something if we depend on the provision of oxygen water basic sunlight or even the presence of the sun for the even the mother earth to remain in its orbit all of that is basically maintaining us and who's maintaining that the moment you start to answer this a lot of uh, questions will get clarified but we need to get there so let's talk about some of the arguments of the fools here 
the first argument is there is no god we dealt with this in uh, the last session when we were talking about verses 9 and 10 so if there is a creation there has to be a creator similarly you know if you think about it if there is a law there has to be someone who is actually enforcing that law so if think of any law in you know uh, either in the society where you have bylaws in the you know housing societies or in the school there are certain rules that you have to follow and the principal is the one who's enforcing it in the society the secretary is the one who's enforcing it similarly in the city it is the municipal government that is enforcing then the state government and the federal government if there is no enforcement of the law what is the value of that law no one will uphold that law things will start to fall outside of the law someone has to bring it back here in material nature we see that everything is operating as per a very defined law yet people say that there is no regulator of this law then how is the law being upheld so perfectly for millions and millions of years that they cannot argue that they cannot think even about so they will put thousands of arguments but they will not think like this they will not counter question their own arguments <clears throat> so uh, that's one point against you know or that is how we can defeat the argument that there is no god then the other argument that they start to put is oh i am god we all are god or all gods are same so these kind of various arguments will come up but we have to understand if he is <coughs> chetanas chetananam he is the living force of all the living forces he is nitya nityanam he is uh, you know uh, he is the intelligence and the living force of everyone uh, he, he he says that you know uh, in our daily prayers we say saklendriya vrittimanti so his indriyas are operating everything so if i am god can i say that i am doing it no if we all are god and we see different qualities amongst ourselves then how can we say that uh, you know then there is gradation then there is he is a uh, you know uh, either in terms of demigods or personal at human level or oh, so then he is a god of this domain and he is a god of that domain and he is a bigger god and he is a smaller god in terms of our hindu philosophy then he is a god of knowledge that's the uh, you know goddess of uh, uh, wisdom or uh, power or of uh, wealth etc so there are different types of gods so then who's the supreme amongst them so that they will not argue, uh, you know think about they will still say that oh we all are same and you do whatever you will get the end result is still the same so these kind of arguments will keep coming up <clears throat> but krishna is god he doesn't become god it's like you know sometimes they you know people will say yeah if you meditate then you will become god but no krishna is god he was god when he was 3 months he was god when he was 8 uh, years old he was god uh, at 125 years of his life and he is eternally god at 3 months when he was a baby he killed putana he killed trinavarth demon and then similarly uh, at 8 years while he is playing around with gopas and gopis he also lifted the govardhan hill so 
on one side is gopi janvalla on the other side is uh, girivardhari he is simultaneously everything so even in the midst of enjoyment he doesn't lose his ability to maintain this entire universe to take care of his devotees so how can we even start to think that oh okay if i uh, you know do my meditation if i gain all the siddhis i'll become god so all those arguments are again fallacious these are all moodas so we may think that person is more intelligent more powerful but ultimately you now start to understand why in this words krishna uses the word mudha so krishna is param he is the supreme god <clears throat> another thing that prabhupada has said and he has talked about is you know there is a, always a someone who is controlled by somebody else there is something that we have to do so if i have to do something to either earn my living to enjoy i have to go somewhere to enjoy i have to eat something to enjoy i have to hear something to enjoy then how am i god because i am my enjoyment is dependent on something i have to do something god is someone who who should not have anything to do otherwise there is no distinction between him and us so that is why in the previous verse prabhupada has already explained that his his energies manifest themselves automatically they carry out the affairs of this world automatically without even krishna having to think about it consciously he is free to enjoy himself in spite of him maintaining millions and billions of universes and yet you know this you know people will come up with these different types of arguments etc krishna has said janma karma chame divyam prabhupada has explained that when he took birth he came out as uh, the vishnu form and then he uh, you know converted himself into the human form but that portion they will ignore they will say that no no he is taken birth as a human being <clears throat> he he takes his birth his karma is what his karma is divya it is why is he taking that human form paritranaya sadhana so he is clearly said you know so if he has nothing to do he is able to enjoy on his own why is he taking birth he has already explained that also paritranaya sadhana and yet people will say that oh he is taking human birth or he is forced to take human birth all of us we are forced to take human birth he is not forced to do anything he does it out of his pure uh, love for his devotees so paritranaya sadhana that is why he comes that is the purpose of his uh, you know this Uh, janma or the manifestation of his mercy through taking his own uh, you know uh, true form and bringing it to the uh, uh, earth it was there is no compulsion on him there is no law of karma that is making him take birth and yet he does it he does it for our sake then <coughs> uh, you know I, i there is so much that can be said about this words and the topic so i'm trying to uh, move faster here uh, the perhaps w- one last thing so uh, krishna is god when he is impersonal so that is so this is a st- sort of uh, twisted argument so then they will say okay this is not about okay so some people will say there is no god 
Some people will say, okay, we understand he is God. Then there are others who will say, we all are gods. They will say that there are various categories of God and you pray to any God, the results are the same. Now, this is a slightly different argument. So this argument is, oh, when he is here on this earth, he is compelled by the material nature. And when he is impersonal, that is when he is given up this body, then he becomes God. And <clears throat> this is also equally foolish because if he were to be subjected to the limitations of the human body and we ignore his uh, Satchidananda Vigraha, uh, where he has all six potencies in him all the time, then how do you justify this, uh, you know, apparent uh, contradiction that a three-month-old baby is able to kill a demon like that, a three-month-old baby Let's say they, that, you know, the Trinavarta demon was not there. But at least, a three, you know, recognize that the three-month-old baby was, or six-month-old baby was lifted up in the air for miles and then dropped. And yet, when he drops onto the ground, there is a demon's body and Krishna is safe on it. So, you know, an eight-year-old eight, eight or seven-year-old boy is able to lift a mountain. That people ignore. So... These kind of arguments will go on. There will be always mudas. They will always argue. When Krishna was personally present on the earth and <coughs> he was exhibiting his leelas while he was on this earth, there still were people who would ignore him and who would not recognize him as the Supreme Personality of Godhead. So what to speak of today's age which is so degraded, where Krishna is not in in some sense physically present in front, uh, front of us. So the point is there will be mudas. We have to recognize that mudha quality even in ourselves because it's not just external. We ourselves also internally exhibit a little bit of that mudha quality and we have to come out of it. And what is the way to come out of it? So even though we may recognize Krishna is the Supreme Lord, we don't go about living our lives like that. If suppose your teacher, your principal, your boss uh, comes to your house, or forget about that, even imagine if, say, a big minister or uh, prime minister of your country comes to your house, what would your day be like that day? You would put everything aside and you would take care of that person. So you will be totally uh, immersed in welcoming that person, ensuring that, that the person is uh, comfortable, always asking what do you need, always be willing to serve at every point, back and call. That's the English word, back and call. It's like, you know, before the person says, you should be like, okay, here it is, I can do it, what do you want? So now... Think about us. We think that, you know, this works in some sense. I also used to think, oh, this applies to others. This is not for me. My, this is not my problem. Somebody else's problem. But now if you think about it, the owner of this entire universe, the one who's created, who's maintaining, who's destroying this universe, who, who has done everything for uh, me, who's so supremely beyond everything, is actually in my heart. <coughs> He is present there. And yet, how do I go about spending my day? 
I go about spending my day doing what I want to do. So just imagine if a film actor, actress, a politician comes to our house, a person with some money or person with some power comes to our house, we will start to spend our entire day around them. And yet, when the creator, the best friend that we can have, the best of anything that you possibly can think of in terms of a relation is with us, yet we ignore it, that is the mudha, bhav, even in a devotee. And we have to get rid of this mudha bhav, somehow or the other. So there are these ways. So the, what is the takeaway? The takeaway is, we don't have to remain mudhas. We have to actually become intelligent. So what is the intelligent? There are, again, different grades of intelligence. And I'll try to uh, wrap up in another 5-7 minutes. So there is, <clears throat> you know, Krishna says, Bahunam Janmanam Ante. So if you want to try to understand Krishna, you can do it. Even if you recognize him as God, to create that kind of thinking that you are, you know, he is everything, he is all the time there, I am always supposed to serve him. You may end up spending millions and millions of Bahunam Janmanam Ante Gyanvan Mam So if you try to find him through intelligence, knowledge, through this kind of experimentation, Millions and millions of uh, births will go. So that is one type of intelligence. Then, yesham tu antagatam papam. So if you have stopped uh, sinful activities, so through karma yoga, through dhyana yoga, etc., if you have eradicated all your sinful reactions, then, jananam punya karmanam. Te dvandamuha So when you have done that, you will start to now not see things in terms of me and others, this and that. You will not see that. You will see the totality. And then you will truly see Krishna. But that again is huge because you have to get rid of all your sinful reactions. There shouldn't be any such thing and you should, you should be able to now not see thing A from thing B, but see the presence of Krishna in thing A and thing B. And the thing A and thing B will not live or exist without Krishna. So that again is very difficult for uh, the, you know, in Kali Yuga they call us, we are Matimanda, uh, we are uh, Alsi, we are lazy, we cannot do this. So then what is the way out? Then Krishna says, okay, then the easiest way out is Sarva Dharman Paritaja Mamekam Sharnam Raja. So give up everything and then just take, uh, uh, you know, <coughs> refuge in me. <coughs> so we need to become intelligent, not of the material kind. We are living in material world. We need to follow the rules of the world. We have to earn money. We have to therefore do things to earn money. So there has to be a certain level of material intelligence that is required. You cannot negate it. You cannot deride it. You cannot say that, you know, uh, that's beneath me. It is required. We are here. So the way, you know, Krishna, uh, Prabhupada says, and he is quoted, that Krishna played a good Manushim or a, that good Rupa, he played out as if a human being, he is also given us a role to play and we need to play that role. So in this material world, we have to play that role. For that, we have to get some certain amount of material intelligence and he is given that capability to every one of us. But then we have to gain <coughs> the spiritual intelligence. <coughs> what is the best way to get spiritual intelligence? So, Vasudeva Bhagavati Bhakti Yoga Prayojita. 
Janatyashu Vairagyam Gyanam Yadahaitukam. So the moment you have bhakti for Vasudeva, then Janet Ashu, that is within no time, Vairagya, that is detachment, Jnana, which is knowledge, will arise in us without any reason being there. Yad Ahaitukam. Even without any cause, it will just arise in us. But in whom does bhakti arise? So, okay, for intelligence or to gain even that knowledge, that spiritual knowledge, you need to have bhakti. So, how does bhakti arise in us? So, bhakti, if it is there, good. You, we are all blessed or person is blessed if you have bhakti. But if you don't have bhakti, then you need to generate bhakti. What is the way to generate bhakti? Yasya deve para bhakti yatha deve tatha guru tasseta katita yartha prakashante matmana. So if you do not have bhakti, at least approach a person who has bhakti and have faith in that person because that person will take you to where it ne- you need to go. So that is the way to generate bhakti. So now, how does bhakti results in transcendental knowledge? So this is also Krishna's mercy. The moment we turn towards him, because bhakti is towards him, the moment we turn towards him, in Chaitanya Charitamrit Madhya Lila it is quoted, Atta Shri Nama, uh, Krishna Namadi Na Bhavat <coughs> Grahye Indriye Sorry, Grahyam Indriye Sevon Mukhe Jivado Swayam Eva Surati Yada So the moment we start devotional service with chanting, with our tongue, he will bloom you know, there is the Spurati Yada, it will come automatically from within in our heart. So that knowledge and the Bhakti will start to come there. There is, he is also confirmed this in, you know, we will read uh, uh, in chapter 10, Tesham Satat Yuktanam. So the moment you are now Satat Yukta, so if you continuously think of Krishna and continuously does not mean 24-7 necessarily. Of course, if you become, you know, uh, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, every time you're thinking of Krishna, best. But at a neophyte level, at sadhana level, continuous could also mean that every day, regularly, I remember him. So that also becomes satatyukta, that every day I'm doing it. So it erases my past days, 23 hours when I was not thinking, but today if I do it one hour, I have caught up again. So, Tesham Satat Yuktanam Bhajati Bhajatam Priti Purvakam Dadami Buddhi Yogam. So, he grants us that intelligence to know him, to know us, to know everything around us and to know him. And then what happens? The moment we have that bhakti, that knowledge which has come out of bhakti, then yasyasti bhaktir bhagavati akinchin sarvair gunais tatra samashate suraha. So all the good qualities automatically start to manifest in us. So that is the beauty. So intel- in this we don't have to be Buddha, we have to become intelligent, we don't have to spend millions of births to gain intelligence. Bhakti is the best part to intelligence. Bhakti, the moment you start to do bhakti, knowledge automatically starts to fill our heart and our mind and as it starts to fill our heart and mind all the impurities start to go away as the impurities start to go away the good qualities start to fall in see how how beautiful it is and why we should actually do it because you know it's like 
I can't even give you an example in this world as to how beautiful it is, how valuable it is, that you are a- we are able to get so many things just by offering a little bit of flower, little fruit, little water to Krishna. Just that small bhakti, chant his name, read his stories, and so many benefits come out of it. <clears throat> Just in the previous verse, the last benefit, Vedeshu, Yagneshu, uh, Tapasu Chaiva, not previous verse, sorry, the last verse of previous chapter. So, Vedeshu, Yagneshu, Tapasu Chaiva, Daneshu, Yat Punya Palam Pradishtam, Atyeti Tat Sarvam Idam Viditva, <coughs> Yogi Param Stanam Upayati Chadyam. So, through Bhakti, you get all the benefits that you could get from study of Vedas, from performance of sacrifices, from performance of austerities, etc., from charity, from uh, good actions. All of that, you, you get the fruits of all of that, yet you also get a assured place in His abode. So, this is why Bhakti, therefore, is the best way to not become like a Moda. So I will uh, start to close here. In conclusion, really, <clears throat> if we are shining in material knowledge but asleep in spiritual knowledge, then we are Mudhas. Mudhas will keep arguing and denying Krishna. We should, as compassionate soul, try to bring them back to Krishna with these various types of arguments that Prabhupada has put forward in this verse. We should try to, as compassionate souls, help them see the reality. But at certain point of time, that should not distract us, that should not frustrate us, that should not, uh, you know, uh, take our mind away from our own journey because we are on our journey, we are not end of journey. Just because we are in Krishna consciousness and we are chanting certain rounds doesn't mean that that is the end of the journey. We still go through, as I said, certain aspects of Muda because we still exhibit the Muda characteristics in our day-to-day life. So, we should gain transcendental knowledge. Bhakti is the way to gain transcendental knowledge and especially because we have very little time left in this world, in this birth, the path of Bhakti needs to be followed with Dhridavrata, with absolute determination because it gives not only it takes away the, you know, the foolishness out of our thinking and how we live, but it gets us all those other benefits that I just talked about. So with that, I'll stop my, uh, you know, convo- uh, talk here. I'm happy to hear from all of you your points, your ways of looking at this verse, any questions, comments, or anything that I have either uh, misinterpreted, stated wrongly, or missed and did not elaborate on. Please feel free to add in. Hare Krishna. I wish you would have a keep continue talking, Prabhuji. It's not talk, it is really knowledge you're giving us. I really enjoy listening very carefully your statements, each words. And uh, really, definitely enjoy it so much. Uh, so, from my point, is that 
Not much I could elaborate the subjects the way you have explained, which uh, very beautifully you said uh, many points. Uh, I was thinking uh, simply, you know, just uh, many arguments we all do because of our limited intelligence and we do not understand uh, what Bhagwan is saying. And even we don't realize what Bhagwan is saying in the many sastras, in many statesmen, Bhagavatam or Bhagavad Gita. And we start using our own judgments, you know, and trying to explain. So many people, scholarly people, what we call by reading some of the scriptures or some of the lessons, they got it and create the ideas, you know. But in the reality, our intelligence is so small, so limited. All of our senses have limitations. So to understand such a big, uh, huge cosmic world and spiritual worlds, unlimited, even we don't understand this cosmic world. You know, even don't understand the out of this earth, the planets, which is within our uh, system. And how can we understand the Krishna? So I was just looking simple words to comparing this that uh, chapter 4, verse number 9. Lord, he says, Janma karma cha me divyam evam yo veti tattvataha tektva deham punar janma neiti mameti sorjuna. Janma karma cha me divyam evam yo veti tattvataha chakva deham punar janma naiti mameti surjuna. Says one who knows the transcendental nature of my appearance and activities does not, upon leaving the, leaving the body, takes his birth again in the material world but attain my eternal abode, O Arjuna. So, the point of understanding Krishna is only by, by, only by His mercy we can understand Him. We don't have a capacity to understand Him. But there is another factor we can use to understand is the Shraddha. And many times we stop by answering the questions, then the only answer for that is Shraddha. That's the way it is. And then those who are the really Krishna devotees, those who are really uh, Lord's devotees, their points stop there above within Shraddha. That, okay, this is the way it says. So I have no argument. It satisfied my heart about it. So argument starts when people don't have a shraddha. Then they, they use the formality of the viswas and viswas. A viswas and a viswas. You know, like in Hindi language you can say. Belief and non-belief, those are the points come out. That's, but we don't have a proof of those things. And then it's a mental speculation starts. And all this argument starts about, and writing starts about, and then philosophy comes in between. And then all kind of different scholars comes and give the statements. So 
many times our statements are coming and our conclusion comes on the point of Shraddha. So it depends uh, if we read deeply about this Janma Karma Chame Divyam Evam Yoveti Tattvata Tekpa Deham Punar Janma Naiti Mameti Sorjana. He says, one who can understand the truth of appearance of the personality of God is already liberated from uh, material bondage. And therefore, he returns to the kingdom of God immediately after quitting this this first present material body. Such liberations of the living entity uh, from the material bondage is, is not all easy so it's it's a this point comes here Prabhu uh, more to my view is how you Shraddha and how you chant and what what Shraddha within what level of your Shraddha you come out and uh, establish yourself and by establishing yourself by chanting yourself and by Real chanting comes from within hearts. By His mercy, we can understand Krishna. Hare Krishna. That's so beautiful, Prabhu. <coughs> yeah, we we are not capable of understanding you. You know, as they say, even if you have to understand, uh, you need His mercy. It has to come from within. Uh, that rasa has to start and it, oh, the rasa starts in the heart and uh, perhaps that is what is meant that he gives it uh, spurati other uh, call it knowledge call it, call it that intensity to serve him intensity to be with him to think about his names forms etc you are so right it all comes through his mercy but yes everything begins with shraddha you know, in Bhakti Rasamrit Sindhu, Rupa Goswami has said that that there are nine paths to get to pure prema bhakti of Krishna, but that begins with Shraddha. So, Hare Krishna Prabhu. Krishna, Hare Krishna. Valli Mataji, uh, Harshita Mataji, Sumati Mataji, Harprasad Prabhu, any points, any comments? Very nice lecture, Prabhuji. Actually, uh, I was all uh, meditating upon what you are saying when you said uh, uh, when any important person comes to the home, we'll be always uh, around him and putting all our time and effort and thoughts around him. Same thing I feel when we do puja, at least for uh, that half an hour or one hour, even that time we can't focus properly. How can we uh, (laughs) dedicate the whole time? Uh, Mainly uh, the difference is whether we have to be intelligent or... Um, intelligent in the sense that uh, not the material intelligence, how to get out of this bondage, how to get out of this cycle of birth and death. So we have a limited time, only one one body that we get, and we have to use this as an instrument uh, to create more time intelligently and actively um, involved in the spiritual services, whatever it is, listening or reading or meditating or chanting, anything. Um, so how to create more time because we have all these uh, other activities going upon. So and also how to focus in that um, limited time also because um, sometimes I feel like uh, I'm not completely uh, focusing uh, with a rapid uh, consciousness. 
what I'm doing. I'm uh, doing it mechanically. That's what I feel because I got used to do the listening or chanting. But uh, as you said, when only uh, even we do the short time, the attention is more important. And uh, there is no question when you do the uh, this. Um, always you say this uh, Mayavadis, right? Even the Mayavadis. They have their own god, whatever the name it is, but uh, the, uh, it is uh, like a Brahma Jyoti, the Jyoti they, we, uh, we all see, right? So they all have their own uh, values and expectations and uh, um, devotional services they do in their own way. Everything will go finally to the Supreme Personality of the God, uh, Godhead, that's what I feel. Because, uh, as you said, Bhajiko Vindam was written by Shankaracharya and also many, many uh, Astakams and uh, um, Mukunda Astakam and all those things, right? He did a lot of uh, uh, scriptures uh, and uh, devotional verses from uh, Lord Vishnu also, Lakshmi, um, Nar- Narsimha Stotram and all this, uh, Karavalamba Stotram and all those. So we can't say uh, completely as Mayavadis because they have their own uh, uh, interpretations and they have their own uh, intelligence and God will appear to them in their own way. That's what I feel. And uh, as I said, uh, everything is created by the um, Supreme Personality of the God. If there is no creator, how can something happen? Even to construct a building or construct a car, we know there is a brand and they are, it is coming from there. So where, they, where all these bodies have come from, how the uh, nature is uh, changing every time to time, as you said, from millions and millions of years without any change, without any creator, without any leader. So there is someone and uh, that is the Supreme Personality of the Godhead. We give different names and different forms, but I feel it is the Brahma Jyoti and the final destination will be same for all the devotees. Hare Krishna Prabhuji. Yes, Mataji. <coughs> so, yeah, um, my apologies if... Uh, I came out as if, uh, you know, I was deriding uh, impersonal or Mayavadi philosophy. Uh, we recognize, in, in fact, Prabhupada has said in so many places that <coughs> the Mayavadis may get up to the Brahma Jyoti stage. So there are five different states of liberation and you you could get up to <coughs> uh, the Brahma Jyoti stage, which is one of the uh, types of liberation. And... Uh, there is nothing wrong. I mean, Krishna reciprocates with everyone uh, in the manner and in the proportion uh, with which you serve him. So, if you served him as Brahma Jyoti, he will definitely ensure that you see him as Brahma Jyoti and he will keep you in his Brahma Jyoti. But those who see him personally will be able to go beyond the Brahma Jyoti. So, you know, it, you know, they say uh, this, uh, this entire creation is just like, uh, you know, what is in the Brahmanda is also in the Pinda, and what is in the Pinda is also in the Brahmanda. So, uh, what that means is, what we see in our body is in the cosmic body. What's in the cosmic body, you can see in our body. And this is not just true of our body, the universal form, but it is also true of the Lord's uh, transcendental body. So from that perspective, <coughs> you know, <coughs> if a person uh, just wants to see the aura around 
me uh, or uh, say the lord then he will get he, you know he will be seen only in the aura if the person ignores uh, the person behind the aura does not want that personal interaction with that person then so be it. the lord also reciprocates like that he says okay you are interested in my aura you see me as energy you see me as light i'll continue to give you that benediction see me as light and that energy but it, then if you see him as that person behind that aura then you will also be able to have that personal relationship with him and that is where we believe like again you know we ha- i am not realized so uh, our acharya and i believe what our acharya say uh, i have 100% faith in it but the point is when you have personal interaction then it gives way more pleasure so from brahma state to get to the parmatma and to the bhagwan state there is tremendously uh, you know uh, higher levels of pleasures and interactions and for an eternal soul it can be engaged eternally because it is so pleasurable otherwise there is always a chance to fall down because our soul is eternal so at some point of time dhyayate vishayan pamsa so if you are on the cusp you may fall back this way so that is what uh, the personalist or the impersonalist philosophy believes but uh, this is not to say that uh, you know they do not believe in god they do believe in god they have their regime they follow their disciplines very strictly so that is all appreciable and not at all saying that that's not true right rest yeah after that thank you for explaining Mataji, if you want to ask any questions, sir, what are your thoughts? Harshita and... Sumati, are you there? Uh, I'm not sure whether they are there. Krishna Prabhuji, Ayesh Prabhuji, sorry, we are waiting. Yes, Prabhuji, I thank you for giving such a wonderful class. Uh, so, Prabhuji, you uh, used the word proportion. Uh, so, Prabhuji, what does proportion mean? Oh. Uh, this is to just to drive a concept home. That does not mean that Krishna does it. But proportion really means if you give me, so let's say you go to a shop. right and the shop has uh, whatever 1000 uh, liters of milk but if you give money worth only 1 liter of milk that shopkeeper will give you 1 uh, liter of milk similarly if suppose this is a uh, you know uh, what do you call it the supermarket or everything is available so you go there and you uh, pay money and by money what you deserve what you effort you put in etc you can consider it in multiple ways because this is an example for buying one uh, dress so the shop has millions of dresses but that shopkeeper will give you that one dress so 
proportioned in terms of our bhakti means to what extent I put my efforts, Krishna will reciprocate equally. In what shape I put my efforts, Krishna will reciprocate with me in that shape. So proportionality could be if I, you know, if there were uh, uh, demons who saw Krishna as their enemy. So it, Krishna also exhibited, so if they had extreme enmity where they wanted to kill Krishna, Krishna exhibited exactly the same thing. He, he played their best enemy to them and he killed them. That is proportionality of his reciprocation. Similarly, there, are, there is reciprocation, so if, uh, and proportional again. So, the Krishna's mercy to his devotees depends on how much you are bringing to him and he will give you that much and more. It's not, I'm not saying that he's actually a businessman who does exactly what you give, I'll give you that much. He gives way, way more. But that is the concept that you keep giving more, he will keep giving you more. And that is that proportionality is what I meant. So if you give worth uh, 100 rupees, you get back worth 100 rupees. Perhaps in Krishna's sense, it, you give 100 rupees, he may give you a billion rupees. But still, there is that proportionality. If you give, so you know, in, we say that Atmani Vedanam. So in that sense, if you are at that stage where you have completely surrendered your existence to Krishna, see the proportionality has now changed. We all are devotees. But at Atmanivedanam state, you have completely surrendered. Then he will surrender to that devotee. So that is the case of the gopis and Krishna. The case of Arjuna is, Arjuna sees him as his friend. So Krishna is the best friend. So he is proportionally also the best friend to Krishna. All the Pandavas are so his friends, but they are not as good a friend. Uh, uh, Krishna is not as good a friend to them as he is to Arjuna. That doesn't mean that he will not help Yudhishthira. He always served Yudhishthira. He always bowed down to Yudhishthira because he was uh, in human birth. He was uh, elder to Krishna, etc. But Krishna's reciprocation, heart-to-heart -heart reciprocation, depends on how much intensity you have in your heart towards Him. So more the intensity, more will be His reciprocation. You increase it further, He will reciprocate it further. So that is what that proportionality means. Hare Krishna. Uh, okay, Prabhuji. Thank you. Hare Krishna. Thank you, Mataji. Uh, Harprashad Prabhu, Sham Rasika Mataji, if you have any questions, comments, please feel free to add. Or if there is nothing, we can actually stop the call also. Yeah, Prabhu. You said so nicely because reciprocation, it also depends on the intensity, like, and also the form we think about. Because whatever yeah. form we think about, God will come in that form in our intentions and thoughts also. So very nice. So true, Mataji. Like, uh, Rama form and someone they like, uh, they like Narasimha form and someone they like uh, Durga form or Shiva form, any form, the God yeah. comes in the same, uh, God is the same. Yeah. For example, my father is a devotee of completely Shiva, so whatever he says in the forms, 
even my husband <laughs> he selected his name is uh, um, samba murti so that he likes the names first so he is yeah. in the name of siva so we want <laughs> yeah, and also the friend we are looking for some tenants and his name is mrutunjay so his name is siva so we can pick that person that's what he so some people <laughs> the god <laughs> because everything appears in that form and only they, they can't even accept the other forms so <laughs> that's what my main thought is <laughs> yes mataji uh, he reciprocates from within right so the way you want to manifest uh, your thoughts he will ensure that uh, you know and he's already said that uh, he will uh, bring about that stronger faith in you for whatever form uh, that you want to worship uh, whether it be devi god or whether you want to see krishna in that form uh, he will reciprocate like that pray krishna hari okay, so krishna prabhu ji satya pandakul class and you explain very nicely and very nice discussion with malli uh, mata ji har halathar prabhu and sumati harshita so thank you so much prabhu ji hare krishna thank you mata ji uh, you want to make a comment on verse either uh, 911 or you all explain very nicely prabhu ji so i don't have any comment okay mataji so uh, uh, har prashad prabhu yeah. if you can close the call uh, we'll end with our vaishnava uh, prayers vancha kalpatru bhishya krita sindhupi vacha patitanam pavnetyo vishnuvyo namo namo anant koti vishnuvrim ki jay renam samkirtan ki jay ji thank you prabhu very nice recording started prabhu ji